Hello. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Are we filming? Hmm. Yeah. Is this the actual film? I not film recording. Is this the actual thing? Yeah, this is the thing. Oh. Um. If you okay. Eh. <laughs> Nani? Oh my God! What's that? Shut up. Moshi it was from me. Oh my god! But you right here. How do you call yourself when you right here? From the future. The future. What does the future say? It says this bit is really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question. If you if you were a revenge ghost, how would you go about getting your revenge? Like you like in the ring, you've got the videotape in this movie we watched, you've got the phone. Call. In the grudge, you've got ah <laughs> the ah isn't much of a vector for the ghost revenge. Well but how does the grudge get you then? I don't you just know. go I don't think I don't haven't you seen just, it in a long time. I haven't seen it in a long time either. I mean, have you seen the original Ju On? I think we started watching yeah. it and fell asleep. Yeah, I think it's that's why I me, mean, I don't really remember. But if I was a ghost, I would probably, I'd probably use some kind of tool or like some kind of object that would get you every mm. time. Well, what do you? I maybe like a broom because you do a use broom. a broom a lot. You oh, like? you mean like if I died, like literally me, not just thinking like what would be my ideal, what I think would be cool, but just like me. What yeah. cursed object th- would come from well, me I if think- I died? How would I get my revenge? Yeah, I think you would get revenge on messy people. Yeah, like like the little bits of their disorder and dirt and mess that they left around would like come together to form some kind of like mess golem. Oh, well, I feel like if you, I feel like with your body shape, you'd be a really fucking scary ghost. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm basically already a skeleton, so that's creepy enough right yeah, there. Yeah, you'd be re- a really scary revenge ghost. Yeah, I'm ghost. tall, I'm lanky, I'm real thin. I can, like, <laughs> if I turn sideways, I essentially disappear. <laughs> so I can hide really good. And then, like, you know, if somebody walks past me and then the frame's, like, out of focus behind them, but then, like, I'm just a sliver of bone and then I turn and then you see the more skeletal figure. like. Oh, really yeah. Funny. I would watch that movie. That's a good movie. I would watch that movie for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to uh, Two Person Movie Club. Oh, that's the name of the show. It's been so long. I, I forgot everything. I've forgotten everything. I'm Ross. I'm Kelsey. And uh, this week we watched a movie. We did this watch week, a movie. Last this night. week, last night, today, not this today, month. this month. Last we're... month. Last month, last month we didn't. Last month we didn't do anything. Last month we had a really busy May. Yeah, and we watched way too much Ink Master. We watched to way too to, much Ink Master. To do podcasts. It's become. It's like, do you have you ever had poison ivy? <laughs> yeah, not really bad though. I've always been kind of resistant to. Okay, um, well, I I'm deathly allergic to lo- poison ivy. Like I won't die, but if I get if I get it. 
if so I, you're not deathly. No, not deathly. But I'm like, <laughs> sev- okay, severely. Is that how you would kill people if you d- got killed in a terrible way? And then you would like give people skin rashes that would like I, increase until they would just scratch themselves to death? Um, That's kind of like no, cabin fever. No, I think I would be too scared to come back as a revenge ghost. Too scared? You're a revenge ghost. All you know is revenge. You don't <laughs> feel any fear. I know, but I don't. I don't well, I don't know what I would get revenge on, you know. I don't know. I don't know. What were you saying about poison ivy? <laughs> I would get revenge on people with lots of stinky farts. You get revenge on me, you mean? <laughs> well, that's a, if I was already dead. But that's just I'm just trying to think about myself. things that have been like not thi- well, not I don't want to like make it too heavy, but things oh. that have been a part of my life. So you know, if you are leaving too many stinky farts under the blanket, you lift <laughs> up the blanket, the blanket, and then there I am coming uh, to get you for okay. revenge. All right. So what maybe I'm haunting. I'm like haunting people's butts. <laughs> they have That's to fart me out. Really frightening. <laughs> if they fart you out, then you kill them. Well, isn't the soul kept in the butt? Um, we know that all the vital organs are in the butt cheeks. Well, we learned from, what was the game? Sekido, Sekido, isn't... Oh, yeah, the soul is... The soul is is in the butt. Yeah, well, you can rip it out through the butt, at least. Yeah, that's what I learned. Mm. Gonna watch a movie. Gonna talk about it. Is it good? Is it bad? Two-person movie club. Do, 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 do. Woo! Welcome to Two-person movie club. We did it. It's, we're doing it. Yokoso. Also, this wow. episode might be a very... Two-person movie club. Um, This one might be a little bit echoey because we are in a new studio. Yeah, it's uh, we opened up our new studio. It's called Totally Different Studios. What? I was not consulted on this name. Yeah, I was just thinking because the studio is exactly the same, but the place is a different place. Well, we're going to have to think. I really liked Farm Fresh Studios. Studio is the physical place in which you record, so it would only make sense for us to have a different studio name. Although the studio equipment is exactly the same. Wait, 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 let's reel it back. Anywhere you record is a studio. Yeah, that's your studio. So you're saying like when when if we're like in the car and we make up a stupid song and I'm like okay let's record the song that becomes the studio. That's the studio if you want to think about it as a song recording or a vocal recording yeah that's your studio that's our mobile studios. I guess. Yeah, I mean look up the definition of studio and. All right, I'll look it up right. Oh, oh shit! I need a cup. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> what? It's a good cup. Anytime oh, it's the, the the it's the Yoshi cup. Anytime, oh, anytime I clang one of our nice cups, it's just like, uh, is it okay? <laughs> I think it'll survive a tiny clang from your phone, although. Okay. It's a oh, I think cup. you might be right. No, mm, I don't know. It's a room where an artist, photographer, sculptor, etc., works. Yeah. 
But it's yeah, not it's really. Location. I mean, it's not really like working when we record the songs in the car. Like this is. That's what I'm I mean, saying. this it's, is. It's up to interpretation. It depends on how you think about what it is you're recording. If it's if you're just doing a little thing for the fuck of it. I mean, this is a little but bit. If you're being an artist, <laughs> are, are we being artists in the car when we record our little uh, jingles? Um, what do they call our little crimps? Our crimps. Um, I wouldn't really say we're working. I feel like those are more just like fun spur of the moment things. Those only like we don't force the crimps. The crimps come out organically. Yeah, but then you stop and you're like, oh, should we record that one? Well, yeah, I just record it because it's like. I like the crimps and I think they're really cute and fun and I feel like uh, I want to remember them because when we started recording them, it's really fun to go back and listen and be like, aw, that's nice. Maybe we can put a crimp in here. Well, maybe. Okay, this song is about night fishing. Night fishing in the ocean. Night fishing in the bay. Not fishing at night. Not fishing in the day. <laughs> what kind of, I think the the question is: Are the crimps art? Because if the crimps are art and you're recording the art, then I think it's a studio. Well, the art is in studio. the art is in the eye of the beholder. So well, well, I'm asking you, what's your eye say? You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and say that some of our crimps are art. Some mm. of the crimps are really good. Yeah. Listen, I still giggle when I think about the night fishing song. <laughs> so what did we watch so yesterday, what, tonight, what, what, today? What's our new studio name? I think we can just think about it. Maybe, maybe. Think our about list, it studios. Yeah, if you think about it studios. But I feel like it doesn't really like describe the studios. I liked Farm Fresh because, you know, it had a lot of pow, pizzazz. But it also gave you a little bit of insight into the studios because, mm-hmm. I mean, we were really on a farm but there were chickens and eggs and a garden your mom had a sign that said farm fresh eggs oh she did huh Mm -hmm. well i mean where are we now we're in this big old house the oldman's house it's the ancient house this house, was this house built in the eight, eight, 1800s? I think it was born in... Uh, was born? born. <laughs> born. Human skin house, baby. <laughs> it was born in the 1890s, I think. Really? Okay, so he just he just got under there. Yeah. So this house is over 100 years old. Still what not a- ancient, I don't think. <laughs> Well, when does this? When does an item blocks? <laughs> when does an item become ancient? I think whenever it belongs to a civilization which no longer exists. Okay. Okay. Well, but would I'm you not say exactly that? Sure. I mean, does the, the classification does getting the, into word logical territory? Just like the studio. What's the definition of a studio? What's the definition of ancient? Okay. Well, maybe deep, we can <laughs> deep thoughts. Maybe we should have this brainstorm outside. Yeah, what do you think our new studio yeah. should be called? Hello, cause... listeners. What should our studios be called? I like totally different studios. I don't like that. I feel, I feel like it's uh, uh, it could be anything totally different because everything is totally different from something else. Well, that's what's cool about it. It's like, it's kind of like a phrase. Like that's totally different, but it's uh. 
I just like totally different. Like, yeah, that's totally different. We coming at you with the different vibes. That's totally different studios. Yo. What if we call it all fresh studios? Because everything is fresh. All fresh? Or mostly fresh. Most mostly of the things fresh. are. It's mostly, <laughs> it's mostly fresh because the house is fresh. The decor is fresh. Oh, the the house table is, a bit is the stale. same. I mean, let's be honest. We taught it is ancient. It was born, <laughs> born in, in the 1890s. <laughs> All right, what did we watch? Well, how do I? How can we tell them where we're recording from if we don't have a, a studio name yet? We're recording from the greenhouse. The greenhouse. Yeah, because you know we've been getting a lot of plants lately. But the room is blue. <laughs> <laughs> so what? There's plants in the house. It's a greenhouse. We're so coming annoying. at you from No Name Studios. No, that's a cop out. That's not a cop, a cop out. out. It's not a cop out. What it did is. we watch? Um, we watched Chakshin Ari, which is also the ink- known as One Missed Call. One There's missed also call. another name for it. Actually, when it was originally introduced, this movie was released in 2003 at a Tokyo International Film Festival on March 11th, and the um. Like the 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 Japanese name, as Ross said, is Chakushin Ari, but the uh, the original English name was "You've Got a Call." <coughs> oh my god! Kawaii, ne? Mecha kawaii. Bikurista. Bikurista. Mushmushi. So what was the other name? Uh, like the direct translation. The direct translation. You've, you've got, got a call. call. I don't know if that's. Mail. I don't know if that's the direct translation. That was just like the original English name. Oh, okay. But the, the now official English title is "One Missed Call." Mm. You may recognize there was a American remake. I think in two thousand eight. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh-huh. I did not see it. Me neither. But maybe we'll watch it while we're editing this podcast because that's something we like. We like to do is watch remakes or sequels or just de- generally shittier versions of the content that we watched. Yeah, uh, like just so just, just like while we're editing the podcast, or right? Like just for a little extra goof and it's, gas. It's like watching the lens through a shit filter sometimes sometimes yeah. and you so- guys got the shit filter last time when we did uh baby baby jane oh yeah we lost the podcast we had to go oh back and redo God. it so we had the extra context That's of the right. second of the the remake i can't believe we lost that whole podcast yeah that That's was so funny really devastating that's so funny that was we almost lost the the kickboxer yeah we almost lost kickboxer too. there was, was another really one too which one uh I think was it the was halloween good trick-or-treat or trick-or-treat there was another one that almost got lost we're really good at this yeah <laughs> we're really okay. really good at so movies. who directed this film and can you tell um, me a little bit about him well his name's takashi Mike, and um he has directed a buttload of movies he's still working hard like to this day pumping out movies yeah homie's on the um, grind but my and he does a lot of weird movies too like he um he directed the live action jojo's diamond is unbreakable oh that's fun. part one 
which would be interesting to see Ooh. what that would be Ooh. like. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> he directed the Ace Attorney movie that came out like 10 years ago. Are you familiar with that video game at um, all and the memes I'm of the fam- Ace Attorney? Listen, I'm familiar with Ace Attorney. I've just never played it. I don't oh, know Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically courthou- Courthouse, the, an- the anime. Uh, yeah. But it's a video game you play. Yeah, and he directed a movie of it. Okay, but what? What's the? And he also directed a movie version of Like a Dragon. I don't know what that is. That's the see. That's the um, Japanese name for the English video game Yakuza. Oh. They they don't call it Yakuza. Yeah, that's right. They call it Like a Dragon. That you don't. That's kind of like a taboo. Yeah, you don't don't want to go around talking about how awesome yakuza is right in Japan. and i think we kind of did that a few times when we were talking about the game because we were playing it while we we're in Japan, right right but like oh we can't talk about it <laughs> yeah every time we talk about it we'd be like yeah yakuza. so do you want to play yakuza tonight <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he directed a, a, okay, a movie can you just he ta- also directed a, a, an ultraman movie oh my god wait can i just stop you so can he's you- all over the map right he's like doing crazy okay stuff. but you didn't even mention the good movies I was i've never there. seen I was these movies I'm, i've never seen them either i'm just working my way back <laughs> trying to give the people a feel for this guy he's got an odd ball kind of like off the wall weirdness to him but at the same time he's fucking working like he's putting the movies out he's putting out stuff that's like popular and relevant um so he's kind of weird you know, m- most weird directors, you expect them to make their own little weird side project, right? Not to do JoJo's live action, stuff like that. Right. Well, I feel like you said, he's working. But he actually, he has a really, really, his two most famous films. One I've never seen, and one I think is absolutely brilliant. He did uh, Ichi the Killer, which I've never seen. But it's supposed to be really, really good, and it's known for being, like, very violent. I think that's one thing that's... Takashi Miike is known for his uh, violence and surreal violence. Mm-hmm. And then he did 1999's Audition or Audition. Audition. How do you say it in the Japanese? Audition. Yeah, I think that was. Okay, okay. Um, that movie's brilliant. It's amazing. It's a, it's a wild ride. I don't want to talk about it too much because if you've never heard of it, if you've never seen it, don't look up anything. Go into it, and don't quit. Don't give up. Don't on even it. look at a poster. Don't even look at anything because the, the the poster for the movie kind of spoils a little bit. But um, yeah, just just we'll go watch it, and it's it'll traumatize you. Um, so be <laughs> yeah. ready. No, there's but the uh, the, it, there's some problems with that movie too in terms of enjoyability and like it just being kind of slow. And that's it is kind of the same thing in this movie because I don't think that he cares that much about like no making sure that everything is like that the audience won't be focused like he expects a lot of his audience he does and i would say that uh audition is better paced i i just like it much more than this movie oh so much more so much more it's this movie when i when i was looking up when i was researching this movie and there's not a lot on this movie Somebody wrote a review about it, and they kept referring to it as a girl ghost movie. Girl ghost movie. Yes. Not ghost well, girl girls. movie, 
but girl ghost movie. Like the ghost is a girl or like the mm, girls and the ghost? It's like kind of focused on girls because like think about it. Yeah, and it's for definitely me, focused on girls. For me, this movie seems to be a mashup of like all of yeah. the really big J horror movies. For it's sure. definitely a mashup of Ringu, uh, on the Grudge, uh, Shudder. Pulse. Not maybe not Shutter Pulse. Yeah, there's. Yeah. It's like he must have watched these movies, well, and then he's like, like "I'm decon- gonna make my own." It's like a deconstruction almost in a certain way, through, especially in the second part uh, of the. It, it it like takes apart the trope and kind of takes it to its ultimate limit in the in the in the middle part with the. Uh, with the television special. Oh, we'll get um, to the tele. That was my favorite. So that was the most horrifying thing. And it for shares me. a lot with those movies, like you're saying. And yeah, it's like his, It's like Takashi Miike making his version of this kind of cultural phenomenon. The girl ghost movie. The girl ghost movie, and he, but he sticks pretty close within the confines of the, the like subgenre. You know, he right. doesn't go that far outside and sometimes you want him to go a little bit crazy yeah, but uh he, he reels it in and he it's a pretty like uh you know normal movie for the yeah. genre it doesn't really but break that many i want to continue comparing it to the other movies because like think about it for the ring what is the ring about you have a man and a woman and they're investigating this because uh, you get you get a phone call and it says seven days and you'll die in seven days. And what happens in one missed call? You get a phone call from yourself from the future of yeah. you dying. And it's like a death sentence. So yeah. you have a guy and a girl trying to solve the crime. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like the grudge where they say right off the bat, it's like, oh, this ghost died angry. So now it wants revenge. Yeah. That's what happens in the grudge. And there's even that. The, the like the um the old house with like the, the yes. kind of pale yes yes uh ghost creeping around is very similar yeah with like the, the hair with, like, and the pale hands like the abandoned the... house japanese house yeah i mean it's like a, an apartment in this movie but right um right so it really it's it's it does like you said it does get a bit more original towards the end but it does well, I it does feel the, a little bit in recycled. The, in the middle is where it really starts to push the boundaries of that of the genre and kind of take it to its extreme. But then it goes at the end, it goes back more to a cookie cutter. So, but then the very ending, I I can't wait to talk to you about it because I don't really even know what happened. But it was very <laughs> Japanese. All right. Uh, the, the well, ending. we're we're getting. I feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves. What's I award you? Three sentences mm. to tell us what this movie about. I'm giving you three. Three. Because I feel like it's going to be, it seems like it'll be easy to describe, but I think you might find some trouble. But let's well, see if you can get under three. See, I'm really bad at this because I try to give, I try to twist it into like a caption that would go, like what you would see <laughs> under the Netflix thing when you're going to play it. Uh. And I try to sum it up in that way. Whereas you usually just go more straight what forward to like what happened. What happened? So I usually trip myself <laughs> up trying to like be too this summer artistry about it, you know. But um, yeah. So one missed call. What happens? What happened? What ha- um, happened was some schoolgirls receive 
strange calls which act as harbingers of their doom. After the death of a close friend, a girl and a former victim of the curse join forces uh, to uncover a, the secret of the oneness call. Um, the, he's not a former victim of the curse. His sister well, was a victim yeah, of the I curse. Well, yeah, I mean, he didn't. He, he's a victim of it in that he suffered at its hands. But right. Yeah, I mean, he, okay. didn't, he didn't get killed because he's alive. But. Right. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Astute observation. Yes, not being dead it means you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, it's, so that was two senses, I think. Yeah. It's, it's like a ring situation. You have this curse that seems to be jumping from person to person and what the curse entails is you get a phone call it's from the future it's from yourself and you hear yourself basically dying Mm -hmm. like maybe you'll say like a little a little line first like oh shoot it's raining well it's always done in a way where uh you don't really you know, because the whole, the whole thing with, like, getting a phone call from yourself and then you know what you're going to say is then you could just avoid it. Right. But they always do it in these, like, little phrases where they say it without thinking. Right. And it's, like, it's little curious phrases where it opens your imagination. Like, oh, what are they going to be doing when they say that? It, it, does, it feels very natural. And that's one thing I liked about this movie is, you know, sometimes where you have, like, a future death movie, I thought it was gonna be more of like kind of like a final destination situation oh. where like knowing that you're gonna die is what seals your fate yeah you it know wasn't really as much of that because it most of the deaths don't really have a whole lot of time in between when they get the call and when they die right but there's two where there's like a lot of waiting right 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 it's not that it's not that situation where the environment is just trying to kill you yes. there's a, actually a ghost that comes and kills you when right right and they they make it very um they make from i wouldn't say it's it's not the first death but they make it very clear early on that it is the supernatural ghost that is murdering yeah but they do there is a thing where it's all tied into suicide and that all the deaths appear as if they could be suicide so um they not all of them some of them are pretty like well that's true uh, at least at least the first two yeah the first yeah. two they are made out that they could easily be you know brushed off as suicide so the ghost does like manipulate the environment a little bit it doesn't just like no it's no not no obvious always that you it's kill not ghost. it's not like the person becomes possessed and then jumps in front of the train it's like the ghost rips a hole in a fence yeah and then throws the person through the fence in front of the train like it's very very obvious that there is a uh, malevolent presence that has substance in the real world Mm -hmm. essentially we talked a little bit about the plot but like the first the the movie starts um with a really cool creepy opening credit sequence I, i really like the noises all the little noises they do with the different phone call noises and oh like yeah dissonant sounds and stuff yeah that was pretty cool was and you creepy. have the messages kind of flashing across the screen yeah i was really really tired when we watched <laughs> this movie so uh, 
my memory of it is a bit that's okay fuzzy yeah mine is too well the very i mean the opening scene is it's like okay i'm gonna mix up these names a lot as you all know we're really bad with names so the first scene i have the characters written down here is yumi who is the main girl and yoko that's great yumi yoko definitely not difficult to mix up Yumi, the main girl, and Yoko, who is Yumi's friend, they are out at oh, sort yeah, of like a mixer. Yeah, they're like at like a mixer because this is they're at like an izakaya. What do they call pub? Like they're they're what like they, they have a name for this in Japan, but they in in Japanese culture for like younger people, it's it's like a thing where you get your girlfriends together. And then you go out with some guys to, like, meet the guys. Mm. You know, that's, like, a common... You see it a lot in... If you watch a lot of Japanese media, you see it a lot. You have the group of girlfriends going out to meet a group of guy friends. And, like, ooh, maybe we'll start dating. Maybe mm-hmm. you'll meet somebody. So that's the very first scene. Yeah. So they're they're in this place and they're, like, just talking. And the, the main character of the movie, Yumi... Uh, she is looking around and her friend's like, oh, she's afraid of peepholes. She's always looking for peepholes. Right. And that's like, okay, first off, friend, why Give you? Giving away this information. <laughs> yeah. But, but she's just being honest. But because they're young people, like they're not. They're being silly. They're not like totally sealed up and like all super polite and stuff yeah, yeah and she she probably doesn't know why her friend is afraid of peepholes but if she did she doesn't if clearly. she did if she did she certainly would not be bringing it up at the mixer but like the guy is really cool he's like yeah those weird uh, phobias <laughs> are like uh, evidence of trauma like we can't get over the things that we can't forget and kind of trying to help her figure out mm-hmm. what is the root of her right but does she even know or has she tried to repress i think she knows because we have a scene later where she talks about it with yamashita the man the the other main character but she doesn't really seem to come to terms with it until later no she certainly has not come to terms with it until later and we'll talk about this scene later it's pretty that's one of the most scary scenes Mm -hmm. in the movie just emotionally visually it is really rough and that's like i feel like this is a scene where you're like that's takashi miike Mm -hmm. he really shines in those horribly traumatic scary moments yeah (laughs) definitely so the whole movie is about um it's about trauma yeah and there's (laughs) there's a funny scene where they're in because they're university students i guess yeah and they um they're in a lecture and the professor is talking about the way i think you're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here because we're talking about the first scary scene in the movie yeah but we're talking about how it's about trauma and it's funny because this is the the tool that the filmmaker uses to kind of explain to what the movie's about viewer right oh my gosh i didn't even realize that you're so smart (laughs) i mean now that you're saying it like duh it's obvious but yeah so they're in the lecture it's like a big lecture hall and the is it the main girl or is it um it's yumi or yoko i think it's yoko and one, one of her friends either yumi or the other um girl natsumi who ends up getting is natsumi i thought natsumi was yoko no 
Natsumi is the one who goes on the show. Yeah, that's Yoko, right? No, oh, Yoko's no, the one Yoko, who gets killed by the Yoko train. Yoko gets killed by the train. Okay. Yeah. I got I was confused too. I wasn't sure which one was which and I had to look deep in the IMDb's and then go on the out. go to the plot synopsis. I I forgot which one was which. Yeah, there's a lot of characters in this movie, so it can be like a little bit confusing. Yeah, and it's a little harder to keep track of Japanese faces and names. Right, know, so. right. And right. I'm always bad with names and movies. Okay. So, anyways, the girls are in the class. One of them is texting on their phone, like very clearly not paying attention. So, and her other friend is kind of like looking over. And suddenly, the professor is like, "Excuse me, you in the purple purple sweater, what is today's lecture about?" And she just like looks up from her phone, and she's uh, uh, abuse. What does she say? Abuse creates more abuse. Right. And the professor's just like. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, and just goes back to the lecture. Yeah, so like he's trying to call her out, but she, and she wasn't paying attention, but she still knew basically the essence of the lecture, and the, the professor is like, yeah. And it's yeah. kind of like, <laughs> it's almost like Takashi Miike saying right. like, like, what is the movie about? Trauma begets more trauma. Yeah, basically. That's, yeah. I think that, and I think that's almost the director saying, like, that's all you really need to know. Right. You like, don't need to suss out the little details exactly. and figure it all out. doesn't matter if it makes sense. You could be, like, some huge art snob and try to put in all these little things and try to say, oh, well, he's trying to sell us this with this at this point. But really, he's just, this is him coming out and saying, yeah, this is the this theme is of the, the movie. This is this the is theme. what you need to know. This is the theme. Now let's enjoy the ride. Yes. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. So yeah, yes. That's, a, that's a cool scene. Okay, so the first spooky scene, we're at this izakaya. We're at the mixer. We got Yoko. Yoko. And they're taking a shower. Are they taking a shower when she gets the call? Or no, that's no, the no, next no, 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 that's later. That's Natsumi. Yeah, that's this is after Yo Yoko dies. Yoko so, gets the call when they're at the the Izakaya. The mixer, yeah. And, and she like shows her friends, and she's like, "Is that my voice?" Yeah, and she has everybody listen to it, and they're all like, "Oh, that sounds like you. How like, could this be? Weird. How could this be?" Yeah. But she doesn't really take it seriously because no. then we cut to the next day. And it's time for her to die. And she's just like walking down the street. She calls Yumi, the main girl. And yeah. she's like, oh, do you want to go shopping tomorrow? And they're just having a conversation. But then suddenly she's like, oh, it started raining. And in that moment, she's like, oh, shit, this is real. Yeah, because she was saying that that's what she says on the message is, oh, it's raining. And then and there's a pause scream. and then like a horrible blood curling scream. So the CGI in this movie is pretty bad, but but what they do do what they do do with the with the practical effects and the makeup and everything is really good. And this next scene, this this the 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 closer to the train death scene is really right, really so like the cool the opener. I was like, because it is like a CGI body that like falls down onto this kind of CGI train. Uh, that was like very underwhelming and i was like oh man that that, that sucked but, but then we cut to a close-up and it's a phone in a hand and we can assume it's the girl that just got hit by the train's hand mm -hmm. and it's like slowly like tapping the numbers <laughs> like typing out a phone number yeah and we slowly zoom out on the hand and eventually the zoom out gets far enough that we realize that it's a severed hand. Yeah. And it's like still dialing the number. Oh, chef's kiss. That, oh, 
again, that's another scene where we see Takashi Miike really shine. Yeah, he's being creative. He's using his gore and like but body not, horror. Like stuff he's not that he's like, good it, good at doing. It's I feel it's not overstated, even though it's so horrifying. I don't no, know how no. he does these. He does. He doesn't show the act of the body being all mangled up. Um, not that time anyway. Oh, yeah, but uh, but. And it's, yeah, it's very light in terms of the gore, but then you get this really cool uh, haunting scene at right. the end of the, the death. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. creepy. It's really good. Very well done. So then the next, like, 15, 20 minutes of the movie is, like, the kids, um, all like the, the students. The rumors. Trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, talking the rumor about mill. It, and and then... at this point, uh, what's her face? Yumi, the main girl, now she's, like, she witnessed it. She was there when the phone call was made. She was on the phone when her friend got killed. So she's all in at this point. She's not fucking around. She right. completely believes that there is some kind of curse going on. If you get a call, you're going to die. Because at this point, we've seen, like, you know, we've we've met a number of people who said they've had friends die. Yumi goes to see Kenji. And Kenji is like, She's talking to Kenji. She's like, yeah, she got yeah, a phone so that, call. Yeah, so that's the next spooky scene. Uh, there's some rumors. Everybody's getting freaked out. And then, um, then yeah, Kenji uh, gets the call, and he's like... Well, he doesn't get the call. He's talking. He gets the message. Yeah, he gets the message, but we don't see him get the message. He's right. talking to Yumi, and he's like... He's keeping it a secret because he, yeah. he's, all, he's all like, ah, this can't be real, and I don't want to like show my ass acting yeah. like all crazy he's about a, this. He's in denial about right, it he's a little in bit. But then when he's talking to Yumi and she's like, yeah, she got a phone call and it was herself from the future. Then, then he realizes. He's like, oh, no. And he lets her listen to it. And it's just like, oh, sorry, I forgot. He's like, that doesn't make any sense. Because uh, it doesn't make any sense. How would he forget if he already knows that the thing's going to come get him at this exact time. Right. He, and that's like, oh, but how's he going to say that? I'm right. Say for God, right. Like he knows right. What's gonna happen. Right. Right. Well, we don't even know what he's talking about. You right. know, right. and it's just so like that's what's uh, that's what's interesting is the things they say are so casual. Mm -hmm. And I, like I said earlier, I thought for sure that them knowing about their death was somehow going to play into their death, which it doesn't. No, doesn't at all. Doesn't at all. It's which I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she sees Kenji. His time of death is very, very soon. He, like, they go to get on an elevator. This was really weird. I don't know if I'd say the scene was, like, scary, but it was really weird. I actually really, really liked this scene because it was more surreal and bizarre. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, he's going to get on. He's just trying to get away. He's trying to get out of the situation. They're like, aren't you going to stay for study practice? He's like, oh. I completely forgot. Mm -hmm. And then the elevator doors open. open into blackness. There's like a weird void with like some kind of texture on one side and it just seems to go on forever. And um, the, yeah, like weird sounds. And then he gets like sucked into the el the some void kind of like invisible thing just like grabs him and sucks pulls him in. him in and then and then it's like do the elevator's door shut and then reopen and it's like people are just there it's like the regular we're back to the regular yeah. elevator but then it does a hard cut to him at the bottom of the elevator shaft fucked 
up. Yeah, that was really gnarly. That was really gnarly, too. And what also was really gnarly is they talk about the girl who got hit by the train. I forget who told her, but they're like, yeah, she died very slowly. Mm-hmm. She was in agony. Yeah, like she didn't die right away. Right. She was missing an arm and a leg, and she was, like, clutching the people that the the emts or whatever oh, like, like saying help me help me yeah yeah and it seemed like with kenji too like that was not a good way to go because you see him and he's still twitching which makes you think like oh he's still alive right now this is a slow death yeah yeah so that kind of then he's like beep, boop, boop. yeah or i don't think his the hand phone, is on it the, the phone's phone, by itself yeah but it's still typing out the next message um and like the explanation for all this that we eventually get is that like I don't know. Does the ghost live in the phone? I does he does it shoot around in the air? Well, that's what's so weird is this ghost is out for revenge, but why is she only calling people who are in the people's phones and uh, aggressively attacking this friend group? Uh, it doesn't really make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, if you want to look at it as like a metaphor for the trauma being spread around you get that but then it's like okay but it doesn't just spread around randomly or does it i mean this one girl in the the main character yumi she's a victim of childhood trauma so is the implication that like the fact that she hasn't dealt with her childhood trauma it's like she is going to deal all this damage to her friends because she hasn't dealt with it or maybe she's just like a beacon for the ghost you know yeah could be maybe so kenji dies and now there's a scene that i really like after kenji dies and it's yumi the main girl and her friend natsumi and they're like having a little slumber party because they are both very scared Mm -hmm. because they both know the situation but the one girl isn't really taking it that seriously is it Natsumi's not taking it seriously, or is it Yoko, or is it um, Yumi? No, Yumi's taking it very seriously because Yumi's the one that is like, uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, Natsumi's phone rings, and it's not the creepy ring; it's a regular yeah. ring, and she like goes but, to flip it. But they it look over. at it like, <gasps> yeah, oh. they look at it like all suspicious, and uh, Yumi just grabs the phone, turns it off, and throws it. And well, then, she like picks, she answers it first, and she's like, "Oh, it's an old old boyfriend." And she's like about to talk to him, but then, yeah, Yumi's um, like, "What are you doing?" She r- grabs the phone, shuts, shuts it, it off, off, shuts off her phone, and just like goes and puts right. a pillow over her head or whatever. Which so. you know is great because we're like, okay, this she she knows she she's knows taking it seriously. Yeah, she's taking it seriously, which like. For me, I really hate the part of the movie where the heroes are like trying to convince themselves that there's a yeah, ghost. Yeah, they're doubting and... them their own eyes. Yes. And that's what this plays on because the one girl is like so scared but just won't fall won't believe that this is this this like supernatural shit's happening. Right. Uh, so right. she's still like going to pick up her phone even though she knows that somewhere in her heart that it's dangerous so then the next day yumi's like well let's get rid of your phone because in the nighttime the phone does ring and we get the creepy little jingle Mm -hmm. but she doesn't answer it so we're like okay that's great but then she receives a photo of herself that she looks at so at this point yumi's like okay we're gonna go return the phone so the next day they go return the phone they're like what should we do with it she's like throw it away (laughs) Just throw it in the trash. They get, uh, yeah, there, there's a like a camera crew and a guy that uh, rolls up 
on the two those two girls because right. like the the news has got a hold Picked of up this the story because there's lots of rumors about the haunted phone call meeting your own death yeah and this sort of like tabloid supernatural TV kind of like station show that's like very um exploitative yes they that's a good word. they send this guy um who is i guess is just like a producer for the show or like a I think he's like the face of the show, isn't he? Is he though? I guess I he is. Know. He's not act. He doesn't seem. Is he in the actual live? He's talking. Thing? He's the one that yeah. interviews her, right? Yeah, I guess he is. So he's like the face of the show. Um, but he's got these this camera crew with him, and they like surround her, and he's just like berating her with questions, yeah, and, like, setting and he's, up like, the scene, like, and, like physically grabbing her. And at one point, they're like the and her friend Yumi. Yumi's such a good friend. She tries to rep for Natsumi so not not to me so hard being like go away like stop talking to her we threw the phone away and when they say we threw the phone away the guy's like oh that's fine here give me your phone here give her the phone yeah and then he he just gives her a phone just so that just they, for the optics yeah so, so that he can like get the shot in, of yeah. her with the phone but then the phone actually does ring and it's the creepy jingle and it's her from the future so then at this point the guy's like oh Made, this might be real yeah, he's like turn the cameras off which is like fun because then it gives him a little extra added dimension so he's not just like a complete skis but he's still a complete he still skis. is no, we get a we get a double twist because we think the twist <laughs> is that he's gonna be like a real psychic right. he's gonna help her out because he's like come on my show we're gonna get an exorcist and they're gonna yeah. exercise you blah 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 yeah, like he, he will help you. Right. He promises that they're going to help him. And she's just so rattled at this point uh, that she goes along with it. Right. <laughs> but then we get the double twist where like, no, he's just a douchebag. And this is my favorite part of the movie because there's something so horrifying about it mm. because they bring her onto the show. They have like a panel of experts, you know, they're like, they're physically grabbing her and dragging her through the studio. Her friend Yumi is trying to like help her. She gets blocked by security and they just push Natsumi out onto the stage and she's like behind the stage and they have the experts talking and they bring her out and they have like the timer counting down to her death. And it's just so horrible because you realize like these people are not here to help her at all they're right. just here to get ratings they're just they have some woman some psychic some professional and they're just discussing about the ghost while natsumi just sits there under a spotlight nobody's helping her it's all bullshit and like they bring the psychic out and you can tell it's all bullshit and you can she's just she's just alone yeah. she's just absolutely alone so and that, we're just wa waiting and watching for her to die because we know it's real, but we yeah. don't know if anybody else is yeah. actually taking it seriously. So there's a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about leading up to that. Um, well, we I skipped the part of the we skipped when she meets. I think at this point she is has befriended Yamashita because before this they go right. and see that gross there's guy. There's a lot of stuff that happens um, between whenever the guy comes and like drags her away to be like okay we're gonna take you to my show and get the psychic to help you or whatever on tv um between that and between when the show actually happens there's like a day yeah. and and um there is a bunch there's a lot of detective work that yeah happens, yamashita but... and yumi are investigating a whole bunch of stuff at that point and they they kind of figure out where the source of the phone call is and stuff and right, they, they figure right. out a lot of stuff but um 
but that's mostly like not really scary stuff that it's happens just leg it's, work yeah it's, it's just, just them figuring out the mystery right but but um there's also the cops so they try to they try to involve the cops in this but the uh the cops basically just don't want to uh investigate it they don't uh, the cop has a really good line when she he's like talking i think to uh it's either yoko or yumi but or not yoko but, um what's yamashita uh, yumi natsumi it's either natsumi, natsumi or yumi okay uh but there she's trying to tell the cop like that the death is unexplained or unexplainable there's some mystery and he's like there, there is no such thing as an unexplainable death right he's like testing her because he's just that's the detective's point of view like i if it's it has to have a, a reason a reasonable explanation like a mm -hmm. reality based one mm -hmm. um so they call uh yoko's death suicide right and he doesn't buy into any of the supernatural crap uh but it's also kind of more like this uh idea of trauma not being dealt with because people just want to kind of like uh, Look at write the it surface. off and just like pass it away and bury it you know right right they don't really want to get to the source of it and no because it's messy when exactly. you start to get into those details it gets really messy it turns from a statistic into real life mm -hmm. so there's that aspect where like the cops aren't helpful because they just want to label it as something easy Simple. to put in the box and Simple. and close the yes. drawer you know something they can understand right. but when you start bringing in ghosts and grudges and trauma it gets really messy right. and it's, with trauma it's like hard to unravel that knot and come back to what was the original trauma that caused it all and then make peace with it right um well so that's the thing you have somebody like you know you have somebody who commits suicide and you can say well was it their fault or was it like this long list of things that happened to them throughout their lives that right. called it can you really call it a suicide or was it really just a homicide of life <laughs> mm -hmm. so the the cops are more on that side where they're not helpful because they they just live in a reality right. where suicide is real and ghosts are not and then you've got this other side where so typically in these movies you're like just go get help yes just get help just go <laughs> and what happens is like you feel when you're in a horror movie you feel not at ease whenever the characters are alone yeah so what this movie does is it like takes that idea of like why don't they just go get help and cranks it up to a million so it's like people are watching the shit on tv there's right. cameras around there's hundreds of people now how's how's something bad gonna happen but it's, it's a way something bad right. could happen but it's all futile because like like, you can get, like, you know, I'm sure you've reached out for someone to get help, and then the help they deliver, it's like, well, I should have just done this by myself. Yes. That's kind of what it feels like, because they are trying to be responsible. You know, they take the phone back. They go to the police. They, well, I mean, it, this, this wasn't a very good reach out for help they get the tv station psychic right. you know but what it but those attempts are all futile mm -hmm. so they they try to go for the uh the the real help from the police doesn't work they try to go for the spiritual help from the the psychic and that turns into out to just be entertainment and like a farce right in terms so of like uh 
it's it, they're not concerned about her well-being no or, they just want the ratings they're just right. thinking about ratings and it's like it i feel like this movie has a the tone i was thinking about this last night it feels very hopeless mm. it's a very hopeless movie because anytime there's a lead you they kind of take the rug out from underneath of you you know they're always they're always met with dead ends yes yeah. <laughs> She goes on this show, and there's all these people watching. Now it's ramped up. It's like taking away that aspect of, okay, this death is going to happen on the shadowy platform. She's going to fall all alone into the right. train. It's like right. now everybody's watching. Surely the ghost won't the manifest. Ghost, what can the ghost do? Now everybody's watching. Like, but then, um, but then you get to that moment of climax, and like they bring out this. Uh, exorcist exorcist and he's like doing his little chanting or whatever and there's so, like shaking yeah, in the studio don't and people everybody... get thrown and things fall well, it, it hints at the fact that the the uh kind of mystic guy that they had there was actually doing something because it that. gets attacked by the ghost right he like gets thrown back mm -hmm. as if he was actually doing something to mm -hmm. like kind of annoy the ghost at the very least so maybe he wasn't like the mystic guy that they brought on wasn't all bullshit. He kind of looks like bullshit. Yeah, and they show you the scene of him behind the scenes at the very beginning whenever whenever Natsumi is coming onto the stage. He sees yeah. him sitting back like all relaxed talking to some guy about his new place and like how the traffic's <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. So he's just, you know, he's just he's a normal just guy. A... But uh, yeah, and then... And and they're like, no, stop the filming. But the the super creepy guy who picked her up, he's like, no, keep filming, keep filming. And uh, and eventually, there's like the thing from the photo gets recreated. Yeah, well, basically, like there's like I don't know, big pieces of curtain. There's big curtains, and the curtains fall down, and behind the curtains are like the stone formation that was in the photo. So you know, homegirl knows. She's about to go down. And that scene, I won't, I don't want to give it away, but it's pretty gnarly what happens to her. Yeah, it's the most graphic scene in the movie. It is. And it's fucking hard to watch. It is. It's cool. But it's, yeah, it's really cool. It's yeah. really cool. Um, so, yeah, she dies just as was foretold by the one missed call. Yes. And do you think that the meaning of that whole thing is like that, like bringing trauma to other people? isn't the way to get it solved because it's like Are they're, you mean... they're just gonna talk shit about you and like use well, it for their own entertainment they're not gonna try to actually help you kind well, of fix the trauma maybe it's more just like you need to be careful and selective about who you go to your trauma with mm -hmm. because you know you can vent to your friends you can vent to strangers on the internet but like they might not end up helping you. In fact, they might end up hurting you. And you have, like, think about shows like Dr. Phil. Yeah. Like, yeah. they bring people on the show who have really fucked up lives, and they're not actually trying to help them. They're just putting a microscope on them and be like, look at these freaks. Right. Right. And that's definitely, it's definitely like a supernatural Dr. Phil type show. Absolutely. Really absolutely. Absolutely. It's something that does more harm than good. So maybe that's more so what it's criticizing media getting involved in people's personal lives. Yeah. Yeah. That makes 
person. Especially when trauma is involved. Because think about it. Anytime something big happens to someone, they always try to get them on the shows and be like, how did you feel? Right. What happened? Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Does that help? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. It definitely Some... doesn't help in this case. <laughs> but I don't Certainly. think anything would have helped her. So. No. She was unfortunately doomed. So... Mm-hmm. One of the things that happens throughout this whole video, or whole movie, is that Yumi and Yamashita are, they're now, like, the mystery crew. Yeah. They are trying to solve this. They try to figure out where the calls are coming from, and they discover it's coming from, is it, uh, it's coming from a the hospital? Um, yeah, so neither of them at, at that point in the movie has gotten the call. No, because this is... Like, their little, sir, their, as we talked, I think we mentioned it briefly, but their detective work starts before Natsumi dies. Yeah, yeah. Because they're, she wants to find it, so she, she doesn't want her she, friend to yeah, die. There's see. even, like, a really, really sad scene where Natsumi is in the hallway and at school, and all the friends are around, and she, like, gives someone a phone, oh, and she's like, shit. delete your phone I number. I and at first, they're kind of all like, nah, nah, nah. But then one person takes the phone, and everybody gra- gathers around to try and start deleting their numbers. Yeah, the, those there's that scene. I really liked that, that scene a lot. Great because it captures a lot about, like, the behavior of schoolgirls and Japanese kids and, like, Japanese uh, politeness. Right. And the politeness <laughs> ripped off, and immediately they right. turn into, like, little animals trying to right, get their phone right. out as fast as possible. But I feel like it says a lot about Natsumi, too, because it's, she's trying to take responsibility it i feel like it says a lot to her character that she's trying to protect these other people yeah even at even though it hurts to see your friends like delete their number from your phone sure sure and then there's another scene which i really liked which is when they meet with the other girls there's like girls from i don't know if they're from another another school school or something but they meet them on the street and Because they hear them talking about something related. Yeah, and they kind of like emerge from the shadows and they're like, oh, you're talking about like the missed call. And um, they tell them about the girl who had died at the beginning of the movie because the, the one girl went to her funeral. Right. There's a lot of deaths in this movie that aren't um, on screen. We just witness the funerals. Or... So Yoko went to her funeral. And okay. Then, so she was friends with the girl who got killed before the movie started. Okay. And these kids knew, knew that girl. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, yeah. They tell them all about the whole, missed, like, the whole rumor. Yeah. And they're like, you need to screen your calls. That's right. That's and right. They, like, That's walk, right. And then they, like, walk away back into the darkness. And it's really creepy, but it gives you this good vibe of, like, all the kids are, like trying to work together to right. try to figure it out like nobody else is going to pay attention to it but they're going to try to help each other out and, and it, but it's kind of scary too because the implication is that it's not just isolated to one or two people it seems like it's sort of spreading a little yeah, bit because the more it, it, it can only go to a contact that it had in, in the, the phone, phone of the right. previous person who died but it can only go one at a time it seems like there's not like, it's kind it doesn't of what spread it to like, like 100 people from one no but you never know who will be next right so of course after natsumi dies we we kind of do know who's next it's yeah. of course our leading lady yumi yeah so she gets a call um and then that kind of like 
amps up the tension there's right. some time where they're right. like oh what are we gonna do we can't so, avoid it and i think i said this earlier the reason why yamashita's involved is because his sister ritsuko died hmm. and so he's been investigating and there's Was there that... some connection between ritsuko and the original family that all this happened because i think that was ritsuko a nurse or something that dealt with the family at the hospital as i said i was sure. very sleepy yeah. so i think a lot of small details got past me on that but i think at one point they did say like oh all the numbers were in her phone or something this is like later much much later in the movie but i wasn't really sure what that meant i feel like sometimes things get lost in translation or mm. i don't know but I really want to talk about there's uh, Yamashita a little bit because there's just a really funny scene of him yeah. where him and Yumi are like investigating. We don't learn much about Yamashita except that he's a detective. His sister died of the thing. And <laughs> there's this funny scene where they're like sitting in this car and it's dark and he gets a call and it's obviously from his work. Yeah. And he's just like, no, I'm not coming in tomorrow. Okay, well, then I just resign. And he like hangs up the phone. And he's like, well... I'm fired. <laughs> so <laughs> casual. Yeah. But I feel like that's just another tiny moment that helps you understand the gravita of the conversation that this is real. People are dying. It's what's important. It's that much more important that you can just calmly resign from your job because it's like, what? what is a, what is a job compared to saving people's lives? Yeah, exactly. And that's what makes the, the duo so likable is that they're not... <clears throat> They're not paralyzed by fear. They're uh, smart. They're, they're trying to take action. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so somehow, yeah, they're just very likable. I yeah, agree. They're, they're likable. You're rooting for them. Although the I was dynamic. rooting for you. <laughs> the dynamic can get a little tiresome with the with uh, Yamashita being, like, fatherly to the to um, Yumi. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of hugs. Yeah, it, but it's like. But then there is a kiss at the end. And but that, it was. But I don't. We'll but get, I feel like that wasn't all really the hugging. Romantic. I know. I don't know what the fuck was up with that. But we'll talk about that. But like, I feel like all the hugging was kind of leading up to a, a that romance feel of like a potentially romantic. I don't know. Even. I don't know. It's hard to I say. The huggings. Most of the hugging felt like more like comforting. Yeah. Hugs. Yeah. Definitely. Um. But um, so Yamashita and Yumi, they figure out the mystery. Yeah. And basically the mystery is there well, was not, a kid. Sort of, sort there was of. a kid who died. Her sister is in like foster care. They think it was the mom. The mom disappeared uh, and they figure it all out. But we in the middle of the movie, what they figure out is that they go to this hospital and the nurse is saying like they figure out that like these two kids kept getting brought into the hospital mm -hmm. they were like wow yeah they came in nine times in the month of june and they bring up munchausen by proxy yeah which for those of you who don't know it so munchausen is munchausen is when somebody pretends to be sick for affection mm -hmm. or attention attention yeah. munchausen by proxy is where usually a mother or a father keeps their kids sick so they can get attention. So they can be the savior. So that was the theory. That was the theory was that. Because there was a kid who died from yeah. an asthma attack. So let me let me go through the names of this family. Because it's a family of three. We don't know where the husband is. We have the mom. And two daughters. Mizunuma Mari is the mom. Marie. Marie. Then we have Mizunuma Mimiko. 
who Let's is just get out the Mizu Mizunuma. I know, but it's fun to name. say it all <laughs> because it's a lot of. I know, the but same I'm gonna sound. keep saying okay. it again. So we have Mizunuma Mimiko, who Mizunuma. is the older sister who died from an asthma attack, and then we right. have Mizunuma Nanako, Mizunuma Mizunuma Nanako, mm -hmm. who is the little sister who is in the the orphanage or the hospital. Yeah, and she's mute. She's mute. She can't talk anymore. But for she has some a reason. teddy bear. And the teddy bear plays the spooky sound. Sound. Kawaii. Kawaii. Yada. So at this point in the movie, we start to assume that it's the mom who's the bad spirit because she's yeah. disappeared. She's missing, and they go to her old house. To do some investigating and um they find an inhaler mm -hmm. and yuma you you yumi was like oh i heard that sound whenever shinji or whatever got pulled kenji, in, kenji got pulled yeah. into the into the elevator like, shaft Ch -ch -ch. yeah it's a good it's a good sound effect and they find a videotape in the house or they find a then, camcorder but yeah. at this point nothing really happens with that well, they watch it later on, and it reveals they do, but later, the true mystery. They watch it. They watch it later. Yeah. But for now, oh my God, that's. I'll get to it when we talk about it later. But that's another film that they threw in here was the Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense. Yeah. How do you figure? How do you? How? What do you mean? How do I figure? There's the scene in the Sixth Sense where they go to the funeral of a little girl. Hmm. Because Cole's being haunted by it. It's when the little girl vomits in the tent. Yeah, so he goes that. to the funeral and he goes upstairs to the room and he discovers a videotape. And when they play the videotape, we discover that the mom has been poisoning the little girl, uh, Munchausen by proxy. So there's another movie in there. But this girl didn't really have Munchausen by proxy. Well, right? and we'll get to that later. But well, what are we waiting for? I, don't I feel know. like let's talk about the let's okay. talk about the mystery. And then we could talk about the end of the movie. Okay. Because there's only, well, there's kind of like two. There's, the thing about this movie it's is. It's too long. It's really it's long. It's too long. But Takashi Miike, he gives you like three movies. You get one movie, which is like the girl horror, whatever. Girl ghost. Girl ghost movie. I think that's like ghost the beginning girl, of the girl movie. Girl ghost movie. Girl, ghost girl, girl ghost movie is like the first 45 minutes. Great stuff. I wish that actually it would just been like that the whole time. Because I really like all the girls working together and everything. And like just the atmosphere of it then you get the second part of the movie which is this insane deconstruction with the with the tv show and um and this crazy over-the-top death fucking awesome and then the last part it goes into that more surreal um, kind of well, that more sl super slow paced very similar to ringu um yeah where, well like, that's the last the last act of the movie you have this uh the final confrontation the mm -hmm. final discovery of the mystery mm -hmm. and then the twist that you didn't actually right. understand the mystery. and i i just feel like a lot of japanese J, japanese horror films from this time like from the 90s to the early 2000s they all kind of follow the same template so the first part of the movie is the introduction to the ghost the second part of the movie is people dying to the ghost and then the third part of it well, usually the second part is like investigation and trying to solve the crime. And then the third part is thinking you solved the crime, but then really there was a twist. Well, yeah, and that it's exactly the same as Ringu in 
Or just the ring. And I think it's very similar regard. to Ju-On, even though I fell asleep in the middle of Ju-On. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we they, they figure out... Let's, let's just uh, reveal the mystery now. And okay. then we'll talk about the last scene or two, which is like the end of Well, the do movie. you want to talk about the hospital? Yeah. So, they, they go to the... They um, somehow discovered that there was actually like an original hospital where the mom was was taking the daughters that's where the mom i think she used to work there or something oh i don't know but i'm not uh, really sure yeah i don't remember but somehow um, and it was connected that the old hospital was somehow important to the uh, to the uh, i don't remember i don't remember either anyway for some reason it was important for them to go to the old they knew that that was related to the mom like that was where she used to work for sure right 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 so they go there but it's an abandoned hospital but they don't go together no. Mm-hmm. So instead of going home, Yumi decides to go to the hospital by herself, and she arrives first, and that's when we get like a very like a very haunted house scene. Yeah, it's really cool because um, the ghost comes out, and, and it's she's... fucking scary. Yeah, that that ghost. So you know how like just seeing like a clip of something is sometimes more scary. Than yeah. just staring at it. Yeah, yeah. You gotta. You have to leave space in the mind to imagine. If you yes. give it all, if you make it yes. all so clear, then it just looks like a cartoony dumb thing. It'll just get cheesy. Yeah. But this ghost gets a lot of screen time, and I could not look at her. The more I looked at her, the creepier she was. It was. She's changing. The flesh is like falling off. And of it so. just. They didn't make her look like your standard Japanese ghost. She no. looked like a fucking swamp demon. Yeah. It was, it was really, nasty. really, really, really scary. And um, that's one thing that, like, I, we didn't talk about. Actually, there's a couple things. Yeah, we so, actually missed a lot. <laughs> there's one thing where um, at the very beginning when they're talking about how this woman died, the first the first girl mm. uh, who the one kid went to the funeral, yeah. and they show, like, those haunting, weird images of her, like, dead, like, she drowned or something. Mm. And it, it, it looks like some weird face with, like, glass and Oh, yeah, yeah, that and was really I weird. I loved that because that reminded me a lot of Noroi, uh, where you ooh. get these really weird, creepy images with not a lot of definition Pot- potential spoilers for noroi noroi is like the best horror movie i've ever seen it's so fucking haunting. what like, it leaves you with such a horrible feeling all right throughout. this is it's... now a review for noroi the <laughs> curse if you haven't seen it go watch it it has a few of the same slowness issues that japanese movies yes. tend to have and, and some like cheesy moments but overall that movie it's rocked like me. Very haunting. Movie. It's very creepy, very scary. Um, it does kind of follow the three points that I mentioned earlier, but yeah. uh, it it does so in a way. See, this is the problem. My problem with this with the one missed call, and kind of my problem with the grudge, and kind of my problem with Dingu. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Dingu, and it scared the fuck out of me. But there's just it's just it's too long. It just goes on for too long yeah. sometimes and that's like the expectation of the director is just a bit too much and to it's expect like, us to sit through all of these slow I, scenes to get build up to I the get scary it. scenes i know? get it i get it because that's what they feel like they need to do to get that full emotional punch 
at the end. Because you know what my problem is with some scary movies? It's just by the end, I'm like, just kill them already. <laughs> I don't I don't like this person. Right. I don't care about this person. We recently watched the American movie When a Stranger Calls, and I was I could not. Yeah. Count. It was so bad. I was so ready for the movie That's to thing end. I wanted to talk about was like why we decided to watch this movie because oh, yeah. this is part of the calls. The calls. Billogy. The calls universe. Yeah. So there's uh, when a stranger calls and one, one missed call. call. We went into the Japanese calls as versus the American calls, but but yeah, like this is what horror is so much better suited to anthologies and shorts Short. because if you try to spread the horror out too thin it means that you have to have low points and high points and the low points are often so boring that there's just no entertainment there and like typically they try to fill it with mystery and the character's trying to solve the mystery but it's just not entertaining right or they try to if you if you put a lot of humor in that often works but but then you risk it cutting into your horror i will say i will say one thing that japanese horror does very well is the twist because what i like about it and you get this in the dingu and the gra juon and you get it in this movie and noroi is that like even though the mystery is solved it doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter you're still gonna die right it's like and it's exactly like the ring in that sense oh my god we've spoiled so many movies we're gonna have to put a big honk and spoiler <laughs> alert on know. this i think that people know well, maybe but anyway so yeah they go to the hospital they find the mom's body there's a phone there they he turns it off she starts getting a call she yeah but but the call it goes past the time and she's safe and then they go um, and like open up the box and there's the mom oh shit I just thought of a really cool thing at the very first scene of the movie. Yeah. You know, when they're talking, they're like talking over a hot pot. And then there's like all those people um, talking. There's like a lot of noise in the background. And then there's like some kind of sting. And then like it goes completely silent. Uh, Yeah. I actually, I, you know what? I really liked that as well. I noticed that as well because it was like, it kind of like showed us what was happening in the minds of the characters right. because at first, so at first so she's intently. just like looking at the hot pot, trying to start it up. You hear all the voices, but then she starts listening to the guy and that's when the background noises cut out. Yeah. That was so good. I love that. Masterful. Yeah, that was great. Um, and but then what does that have to do with? I don't know. I just thought of that <laughs> and it was really cool. Okay. Okay. So we're at the hospital. They find the phone in the mom's hand. Yamashita takes it. Yeah, every, the danger is passed, but then it's not really passed because then they split, split ways, and they, they call the the police come and everything. It's like, s- oh, we fit, we solved the crime. Yeah, they split ways. She's at her apartment. No, no, because the, you skip the whole scene of the mom coming out of the box. No, I know. I'm just trying to get to the end. Uh, but like, okay. yeah, okay. Well, so you missed a whole big point of trauma. Uh, yes, in terms of the trauma theme that's a very important thing because the ghost comes out and then yumi uh embraces the the, the di- ghost the kind of it's not even like a ghost at that it's point a, it's like more a like zombie. a corpse a zombie! but she sees her mother in it and we didn't talk about that scene where she has the oh. flashback what are we talking yeah. about i just realized something what we never decided is it good or is it bad yeah 
I think it's a good movie, but it's definitely one you want to watch earlier in the evening. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's a good movie, but the, the thing is, it's not a great movie. But I do. Flaws, but... I think if you like made a list of pros and cons, or if you like gave every scene a score, that ultimately the movie would fall on the good side. Well, that's exactly what we're here to do. So give the scene scores because no, it's to a... like add, tally it all up oh. and boil it down. Because I mean, it up, boil it down one thing, <laughs> one word, good or well, bad. Because I feel like we keep talking about all these really awesome scenes, but I keep saying like, oh, I was so tired. It was hard to focus because the thing is, this movie is almost two hours long. It's almost two hours long. And the way that it's edited is a little bit. um, It's dreary. It's a kind of a dreary movie. I was going to say dreamlike, but I don't Mm. know if that's correct. But there's just it's there's not a lot of like transition stuff it's just like you're here now you're here now you're here and every time heavy conversation a lot of dialogue and right it's not it's not like a surface level movie the characters are smart they're not just like shallow teenagers home alone getting called bad man in house (laughs) (laughs) it's like but a lot happens is the thing yeah it has a lot loaded we were watching one no when a stranger when a stranger calls. Call. I think we mentioned earlier we watched the movie when a stranger calls if mini you, review for when a stranger calls it's bad, bad. It, it's, bad. it's maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen yeah literally nothing happens nothing happens nothing happens it's 90 minutes it felt like two hours at least in a bad movie things happen as an attempt to make to film occurrences right like bad mo- bad movies are fun to watch i like watching well, they bad can be movies. bad they can be, they can be but this really movie bad. this is a non-movie there's not yeah. really characters there's not really a se- i mean there's kind of a setting but it's not even real it's a studio and you and feel you that feel anytime that. somebody yeah. leaves the house and you go outside you're like we're not we're certainly <laughs> not outside right now yeah. In, in this movie, in the call billogy, is a clear winner. I mean, I haven't seen the American version, but if half the stuff that happens in the Japanese version happens in the American version, it's going to have a million times more stuff happening than when a stranger calls. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, um... You want to talk about the ending? Well, we were talking... So, we just quit the podcast and <laughs> then came back because we went and were hanging out at our sister's. Now that we've come back, there's not as much rush to, like, finish. So if there's anything else we want to talk about in the movie before we talk about the end. Well, I'm kind of just looking forward to to taking it to the streets. Do you have a good one for that? I don't, but I just, I have a feeling. I have an intuition that there's going to be some good ones. I've already looked. On IMDb, there were a few one-star ratings that are... A bit comical so maybe okay. we can share those later yeah let's share those later for sure for sure um so, so what were, what were we talking about we we're talking about the hospital scene that's done um yeah so there's the kind of the fake out climax you think that the mystery has been solved right you think that the it's safe but there's still 20 there's minutes still of movie stuff left. happening in the movie and you know that that's not the case because otherwise the movie be over right exactly and it's the same thing that if you've seen the ring that's what happens in the ring 
Oh my god! Everybody's seen the American ring at least, and it's basically the same in ring. Yeah, like, yeah, it's true. I guess. So, what if somebody hasn't seen the American ring? I'd be so bummed because that's a good twist. Okay, well, we're talking about Asian <laughs> horror movies here. Do your homework. Ringu got a twist at the end. Oh my god! So yeah, you got you got your twist around, and they set this up as if the ghost tricked her by being able to somehow manipulate time well that's was well that, that didn't make the any clock sense was to moving. me the clock was moving backwards but like the phone was the one that said the, the future time but it was then she turned back the time but did she really turn back the time or she like turned back the time on her device so it was just like an uh, an error in time, but then why was the clock on the in the apartment moving? I don't know exactly I how you explain this. I surely don't know. So what happened? What the did hell did happened? we talk about the twist? The little girl's the bad guy. Uh, I don't think we did. Oh shit! There's the twist. Not yeah. The, it's, the, it's, it's it's the pre-twist twist. So it's pre-twist twist. Yeah, you know, there's always two twist. twists. The mom, we find a body in the hospital. She's zombies. Then Yumi? Yeah, Yumi. Yumi embraces her, kind of forgiving her own mom. And then her soul is laid to rest. So then she is... Is she with the other daughter of the ghost lady at that point? And they're I, like in an apartment together or something? Um, It seems like the principal from the place where the little sister Nanako was called them in because she said like the little girl had something to tell her. Oh, but then they did something to show. Where did they watch the video? Some... Was it the police? Poli- was it the police who called them and was like, "You need to see this"? I don't remember somehow, what happens, but somehow they end up in a place where they're sleeping or resting. It's nighttime, and then that's when the times warp happens. No, because and then she gets to call the one missed call, and um, what happens basically? Well, she she gets like possessed by um, Nanoko. No, not no, Nanoko. Nanaka. No, that's the little sister. No, no. Oh, Mimiko. Mimiko. Yeah, she gets possessed by Mimiko. Okay, so basically, but before that happens, we see, we have our, uh, what? What? Before that. What happens? Be- before, the, before the possession happens, we have a little sixth sense moment where they finally find the videotape. Yeah. And we watch the video of Mimiko... Uh, like I don't know what she did like just attacking her sister it said that she was cutting her so maybe like using Nanaka. a knife or something yeah or she had a knife she definitely had a knife yeah. and she just like cuts her sister on the arm and then she has a big old asthma attack but we learn in that moment that the mom didn't actually have the Munchausen by proxy and was uh the little girl Mimiko, the older sister with the knife, was actually the one who was injuring the little girl. Yes. And she would do, and what I read on the internet, I guess she would do it the same time she had the asthma attack. Yeah, so was it a case of Munchausen by proxy Just within from the, the sister, children? Or was she hurting herself but, deliberately in order to get affection no, you mother. directly see. Oh, no, she definitely had asthma because that's how she dies. She dies from the asthma attack. Because 
what happens is she cuts her. What ha- happened was she cuts the, the sister. Yeah. The mom sees it. The mom picks up the little sister. And then the, the girl Mimiko, who has the knife, starts having the asthma attack. And the mom is like holding the little sister and looking at her and then leaves the little girl to die. But what what was the ch- it was like a chicken egg situation was she injuring the sister and then she developed asthma some way related to the hurting of her sister or the asthma existed and that some for some reason propelled her to like cut her younger sister in order to like wound her along with her or like uh, what was the situation there? I don't know. I mean, I know that the asthma is real because the sh- that's how she well, literally she dies, dies. But it could have been fake up until that point, right? Mm, then... No, it seemed it seemed pretty. And then she like, like tried to sell it so hard that she uh, actually killed it herself. It seemed pretty clear throughout the movie that um, the asthma was real, but the the cutting the sister was the Munchausen. Perhaps. But then... I really have no idea right. what was meant to be... I mean, they're sure that there's more hints in there that we just didn't well, really this pick is, up on. Well, this is what we see on the videotape, is we see the cutting of the sister, the mom... And the, we finally get explained the candy. Yes, because, because then somehow they end up back at this, the place where the little sister is, Nanako, and finally Nanako can speak now, and she's like, yeah... Big sister used to hurt me, but then she'd give me candy. So I wouldn't say anything. Yeah, she'd give me candy not to tell. You realize that that little pink bulb coming out of their mouths is the candy. And you tie that in a bow and you think, oh, that's the final mystery. And then she goes back to some place. I don't know why she's alone from the guy who was like literally wouldn't take well, his eyes they off think then. it's uh they they think the situation's solved they do but even still he's like he won't let go of her and then the police like make her go with them somewhere i don't even know where she goes is. home for some reason and he goes with the police or something i don't know she's at home because they keep showing us her clock throughout the movie so the clock moves and then did we talked about this already the clock moves she gets attacked <laughs> But she doesn't get killed we by her. She just gets possessed by her. Yeah, because we don't really, we don't, do we, we don't see any of the attack, right? Just maybe you something. see her, gets, like, come at her. Right. And he, then like, it reaches cuts. for her. Yeah. And then, and then the guy comes, uh, Yamashita, and he embraces her. And then we see the, like, blood dripping on the floor. Yeah. And you and see the in the mirror, you see the little girl ghost standing where Yumi is. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, no, Yamashita. So this is where the movie gets really bizarre because we haven't seen the ghost have the ability to possess people up until this point. But maybe she but was able to possess Yumi. Be- well, I guess she didn't actually get abused by her mom. So never mind. Um, well, she got killed because of her mom. That's true. Her mom. That's yeah. I mean, even here's the thing, and this is what I thought about: is even if you discovered your daughter cut your other daughter with a knife, you wouldn't just leave her to die. You would get her help, especially because she was so young. How she had to have been? She couldn't have been older than nine nine years old. Probably even younger. So that's young enough where you'd probably be like pretty freaked out and scared, but you're still bigger and stronger than this little girl who's having an asthma attack. Get her inhaler. She's still your daughter, you know. 
go take her to the psychiatrist. Don't let her die. It's easy for you to say when you're not dealing with a knife-wielding <sighs> maniac child. But I don't know if she, like, left and then came back right away and found that she was dead from the asthma attack or if she just, like, ran to the hospital Whoa. and never came back to be seen ever again. Like, well, I, I mean, the thing is, like, Nanaka was cut on her arm, you know. Like, she needed to go to the hospital, but it wasn't life or death, yeah. I would think. The, uh, clearly, Mimiko was just dying on the floor, so... The little girl didn't have the knife anymore. She's having an asthma attack. An asthma an attack. An asthma attack. So. Listen, I'm not trying to argue in defense of the mom in this movie. All I'm saying but is no, that... It, it was fucked up that she left her, so maybe... What, what's your point about her and the abuse, like well, the main was, character? Yeah, I was going to say, because they both kind of suffered abuse from their mothers, perhaps that sort of gave their souls a connection. So it allowed Mimiko to possess her. Yeah, definitely there's a connection between the two based on their similar traumatic past. And especially especially because it was Yumi who played the role of the daughter soothing the dead mother's soul, allowing her to lay, blah, 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 peace, lay it, be at rest, allow her soul to be at peace. <laughs> sure. Uh, but was was it, I guess... The one ghost appears for a second and is like, we all have our own Oh, sky. yeah. That, that was weird. We it's all, the guy's... Um, the guy's sister. Yeah. Ritsuko. Yeah. What does that mean? What did she say? We all have, suffer... We all have the, our own sky. We all... I don't know. Over here. I think she was talking about the other side or... I... Um, yeah, that's... And then... They didn't really do anything. But, like, I, the, the spirits... But then we get a. I think we travel into the world of spirits at this point because Yamashita gets stabbed. Um, yeah. He has a flash of light, and then he like wakes up in this weird place. Well, it's a hot. It's meant. It's, it's not a fucking hospital it, though. It's I like a it's, dream hospital. Yeah, because he's not. It's he, like old timey. Yeah, he's, there's no machines. There's no. There's no one there. Well, what it. What to me, what it looked like was a hospital, just empty, like no machines, nothing. Because it looked definitely was some kind of cot. But, but he wasn't a, hooked up to anything. It's not a hospital, right? It's he a was, dream hospital, so it, it gives you the the feeling of being a hospital. But it's devoid but it actually of has details. no detail or yeah. anything. It's what you would, yeah, it's like a dreamlike hospital that you would just kind of imagine, and it's an archetypal thing. Right. So is, is that his afterlife that he's in there? Is that his afterlife in the hospital? I think it is. I don't know. It's, it was, was very... So then what happens after he wakes up? He's so like, he wakes he's up. He's taking his bearings. Yeah. Um, Yumi comes in, and she, like, leans down to his face, and you look, it looks like she's going to kiss him, but then she pops a candy into his mouth. And then she stands up and she starts laughing. But we see that behind her back, she's clutching a knife. And it kind of just keeps like changing the shot from like him to her face. And then this really happy music comes on. Well, she she has the candy. Or he she gives him the candy. And he's just like sucking on it. And then he's it. like just sucking on it. Yeah. Uh, and then he smiles, and then like some and she's laughing. Some different and tone music comes in some happy tune. Yeah, it's a very... little happy jig. I don't know what it would what would it describe as on the subtitles um, of the song. Whimsical, 
Wistful Melody. Wistful Melody is nice. Yeah, I think it would be Wistful Melody on your subtitles. Check that. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. It's... So clearly there is a is a great meaning in the passage of the candy because the candy symbolizes the sort of pact or the exchange of trauma because mm. like the girl would give candies to her daughter to her sister younger sister mm. in order to keep her quiet and to keep her like deeper entrenched into the the trauma right mold. right so like passing the candy over from uh yumi to yamashita is like joining them together in a traumatic or like um trauma bond yeah trauma bond or what i don't know another word well you know it's like what the guy said what the what was it natsumi said in the beginning of the film in the lecture Mm -hmm. uh abuse creates more abuse yeah but what does it mean that then there's this kind of turn for the happiness it's like i i feel like the end of the movie isn't even like what's really happening it's so disconnected from the rest of the movie but it kind of just feels like takashi miike being takashi miike because if you've seen at least if you've at least seen audition you know that he he plays it loose and wild when it comes to the ending the ending or just the setting Mm. it's yeah yeah there's some really really good stuff where reality blends with yes with vision and right memory right in, um, in audition um but so in this movie what i my take on it mm. is that that part at the end where she gets possessed yeah isn't really uh so like there was like i was saying i felt like there was kind of hints that there would be a relationship between them kind of brewing there like, were a lot we as we said there were a lot of long hugs and I think that the idea is that like now that they've got overcome this trauma together, uh, they've kind of both gotten to the roots of their own trauma. Um, more so the girl, but like the guy at least figured out what killed his wife. His or his sister. sister. His sister. Um, so then it's like, okay, he's gonna come be with her after this, but can the girl really can Yumi really conquer her own traumatic past and make sure that in this relationship this new relationship she's forming Mm. can she keep it from spreading over um from passing on so do you think he's like dead and this is the afterlife or he's maybe just like injured from the stab and is having this dream um i think it was meant to be that he's dead but mm. i don't really get what that means because like she did, i think didn't she say she was gonna get him help after she stabbed him um i don't remember that but so she shares his trauma with him but then he's somehow he's able to like turn it into a smile he's able to like deal with it somehow. well let me so maybe they're able to overcome it together let me tell you that's what, what i the, would think it would mean but. let me tell you what the people on the internet said what do they say they, they said it's sort of it's supposed to represent that um that now yumi is the new mimiko mm. and uh yeah, yama, yama, mama. Yama, yamashita. Yamashita is the new Nanako. Yeah. So the cycle of violence is beginning again through them, basically. Uh. I don't know what the candy means. I'm sure it means like something. how will it mean that he'll be quiet about? 
Well, she gave him the candy. But then, so in the in the afterlife to like keep his spirit at, at uh, ease. But you know, I could. Oh, it, it might not be the afterlife. It just might be an allegory for like their future because maybe he stays with her. That's what I was and thinking. And they have like a, and it's the relationship is just abusive because she has and her own trauma to deal yeah, with. Yeah, it's like I'll take you to the hospital. That's what she used to say to the to her younger sister i'll take you to the hospital right and so that is definitely the the fact that she stabs him takes him to the hospital i think is meant to be an allegory or just a metaphor for well, what their future relationship is because I mean, she hasn't been able to really restrain the trauma from passing on she can't control it and if you have ever read about like the cycle of abuse that abusers uses one of the stages is called love bombing and that's mm. taken re you know you like the abuse happens and then the abuser just showers the person in affection like however that manifests if it's gifts or attentions or special treatment to sort of put a band-aid on the situation mm. so she's love bombing him with, with the, the candy. candy yeah you know he likes the candy so what maybe what happens that night is they sleep together oh my god but takashi Mike, he showed you a stabbing but what really happened ah. was a bit of a Token. gross <laughs> <laughs> gross please don't ever say that again <laughs> well i'm interested to know what actually the fuck happened at the end of this movie oh wait but you have to ask takashi Miku. yeah you or gonna... find the book a find the book novel find the book the find the book tell us what actually you know what i do have a fun fact about a this fun movie fact? That, yes. you said that like um rachel vice and the mummy <laughs> Those Bembridge scholars <laughs> have to hear about this back. Okay, okay. So the actress who plays Yumi, uh, Ko Shibasaki, she was in uh, a movie that I really loved. She was in Battle Royale. Oh, yeah. There was two Battle Royale queens. In this she book. played Mitsuko Soma, who was like the bad bitch with the scythe. Mm. But... She recently, and this is actually, this is a pretty fun fact. She recently did a voice dubbing for a, a Disney movie oh. for the Japanese version of the movie. Can you guess? Um, Very recently. I guess it would have to be Ryan the Last Dragon. <laughs> no. Sorry, I just laughed because I was, I was not expecting that answer. Mulan? No. Much, much more like. Aladdin? Like right now. Oh, right now. I don't know what Disney. She did the voice of Cruella in the new Cruella film. So she got to voice dub Emma Stone. Sick. Isn't that fun? It makes me want to watch the Japanese version. (laughs) I don't know if I'm ready to take my love of Japanese voice acting to that level, but you know, I'm a pretty stark fan. I'm not going to (laughs) switch off the English on the normally English movie. Yeah, but I feel like Japanese and then read the subtitles. But imagine Emma Stone with the the voice, the Japanese voice. It'd Mm. probably be really... It would be fun to to watch. Okay, but who else was in Battle Royale? Yoko. I mean, it's two of the girls. It was either, I think, no, I think it was Natsumi. Hmm. Who was Natsumi? I don't know. I just remember seeing on IMDb that they were both in Battle Royale. But because I don't remember the characters in Battle Royale. So I was like, it's like, oh, this this character. I was like, I don't know who the fuck that 
Oh, well, the other, the one that I was talking about was pretty easy to remember. Cause Even she then, was... I didn't remember until you said, because I don't remember their names. Well, of course you don't remember the, the names, but you obviously, who remember. remember, who doesn't remember the sickle girl? Right. She was so cool. Right. She's like the star. But, well, she's not the star. She's like the no, villain. Yeah, she's Wait, okay, so, focuses. hang on. I, I need to know now. It was, it was y- Yoko, and she played Hirono Shimizu. Who was in Mitsuko's gang of bad girls? She had short, spiky hair. Mm. So they were in the same gang in two movies, Davis. Yeah, they had that good. They had good on-screen chemistry. They did. That's the thing. The people in this movie, they nice, except for the guys that are not nice. There's some skeezes. This is one thing that we failed to talk about earlier because we were just kind of strapped for time. Was the theme of this movie and beyond of getting the skeezy helper the helper that you don't necessarily want to need their help but i really the people that you got yeah you don't take them yeah i really like that trope because who doesn't love a skeezy character you know they're always really they're always they make you feel gross but they can be very entertaining to watch because you don't often see it and this guy in the in the beginning of the film yamashita takes this is like after they kind of first met, sh- he takes her to his friend who is, what, he's obviously some kind of computer tech guy. This is at the new hospital where they have the death records. They they have the guy, the hospital tech, looking at the pictures of all the people who have died in the hospital. It's already out, the news about the, the calling and everything, and at that point there's like an ad on the tv for the show that's going to come out about natsumi you know the 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 kind of charlatans are putting on and this guy so this guy knows that the whole thing that's happening is like a big uh there's like a big media frenzy about it uh but yamashita gets him to just give them information behind the scenes on the people who have died in the hospital but he is just snapping photos of her uh with his phone as like joining in on the kind of like paparazzi-esque mindset around the uh, the killings and so she is getting help from this guy that she doesn't even know and is clearly kind of an asshole yeah i mean he's very desensitized to the death so he'll just sit there and talk about somebody's horrific grisly death scene with no tone in his voice at all and then he does this weird thing where he turns around and is taking pictures of her well i don't know if he wanted to like see if there was a ghost around her or if he was just taking pictures of her to be like listen i look i was like with this girl that was well no because he also took a picture of the guy i think he was just a weirdo taking pictures i don't know it was weird it was very strange was there another person too i mean obviously the guy who works for the company was a skis you don't want to have on your side the cop was basically the same thing yeah i feel like there was somebody else too. well the tv show guy because and the exorcist like uh, i think that's it yeah but i think we were saying that that's a similar trope that's used so, in movies like noroi yeah i again it's a trope i like i'm here for it so let's let's take the streets oh yeah do you have something you want to read all right this is from this one is from the one and only <laughs> dat v man life 
from August 2007. I think it's the TV man life. The T- Oh. <laughs> V-Man life. Living that okay. V-Man life. V-Man. The TV man life. A great movie. Pathetic ending. That's why it gets one. One out of ten stars. This movie was fantastic. Great movie all through. Scary as hell. And I mean, it freaked me out as much as Pulse and It and The Omen, etc., but with a great movie comes a crap ending, right? Right. This movie ending was pathetic stuff. I mean, a ghost turned back time in a chick's house and it thinks now I have done that? It means I can call her and it'll be the right time because because she thinks it is? Right? Wrong. <laughs> My ass. I don't care if the ghost is Satan. It just doesn't happen <laughs> it's a movie yes but most evil movies or praised movies like this are meant to make sense but it didn't it just showed us what i just said and people don't think anything of it can someone please tell me why you all haven't noticed that pathetic part the movie for me ended in the hospital and that is all check out number three it's much more kick-ass wow. Ooh, the tv man life yeah you know what it's very interesting that he only gave it one star. It really speaks to it really speaks to the power of how much he hated the ending cuz the rest of the film is pretty good. So I think you could probably compare it to Game of Thrones cuz think of Game of Thrones. The beginning is so 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 good and then the ending was so 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 bad. You never want to rewatch it again. That's this guy with one missed call. It is the ru- the ending ruined his entire the entirety of his prior experience, which was good, but in ruining a good experience, it makes reliving that good experience only a reminder Painful. of the of the pain. Yeah, it gets tainted. <laughs> the TV man, he was so <laughs> upset about it. Yeah. And I can see where he's coming from because the ending is very, it's like the end of Akira whenever the rest of the movie makes pretty much sense, although there's some crazy shit happening. At the end, you're just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, you're left to wonder. And to somebody who wants to like wrap, put a bow on the movie that they really liked, it definitely doesn't deliver that. No, there's not really a lot of closure at the end. And it's like, what it's not what you see is what you get it's i think i wonder do you think when he wrote this ending it was meant to truly be in the eye of the beholder i think it's like the the um some, he he's the he's the professor in the class he's now he's gonna pull you out and he's gonna say hey what's this movie about and you, <laughs> this is his moment to test you and see if you can like that's not this doesn't answer my question do you i'm saying that this is oh, i don't know so it's i'm just another student in the <laughs> classroom takashi Mike taking oh, me to school <laughs> and i'm trying to figure it out just like you okay okay well i just uh, i feel bad for the tv man because it seems like he genuinely liked the rest of the movie yeah and there's lots of like there but is. I agree that the ending's gonna gonna bring down right. the, the overall vibe of the and, movie because it's just well. And here's the thing: it it's so different because you know in 
for about 95% of the film, it's very, very straightforward. There are a few like snips and snaps of psychedelic moments or surreal moments, but nothing quite as allegorical as the Mm -hmm. end. You go from Ringu to the last two minutes being the lighthouse, essentially. Yeah, or mother. Or mother. Yes, exactly, exactly. it's not... That always brings you out of the movie going <sighs> experience. It does. It, it's like you're enjoying the, the professor's lecture and then he calls on you and he's like, oh, oh my, so much pressure on me. Why? Why do I have to decide what the movie's about now? I have to use my brain. What are you doing to me, professor? Mm-mm. Just show me the good, the good movie. The right. Thing. And some people just want to know. Some people just want to know. So I can totally understand why the TV man had Mm -hmm. such adverse feelings at the end of the movie. I wouldn't say it ruined the movie for me because I enjoyed the rest of it enough. But it was still, it's a little bit, it's a little unsatisfying. It is. I agree with that. And I think the TV man, uh, he may have overreacted. (laughs) But uh, that just might but be what who do you think he is. About his you know? complaint about the time reverse. I agree. I agree. I agree because I was saying so earlier. The to- the time wasn't he, on the clock in her house. The time was on the phone. He doesn't care if the ghost is Satan. <laughs> Satan isn't even capable of this. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. You heard people. it here, folks. Not even Satan could make it, it just happen. Doesn't happen. Like. <laughs> It's clear. It just doesn't it's clear. happen. I Have love you how. ever seen it happen? I haven't. I think it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Not even if the ghost is Satan. Listen, Which I... is Satan a ghost? I don't think so. Let's be real. <laughs> I agree. Angel. Listen, I agree with the TV man, though. <laughs> the TV man life. That TV man life. The TV man life. Because, uh, yeah, that was dumb. It, it, it's not even a digital clock. Ooh. Something just fell off mm-hmm. the wall. A picture of my recently passed brother. Yeah, and it landed in the outlet. He died in a traumatic situation. We're getting one that's calling me. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Hawaii. Nandiska. Nandiska. Nani! Kawaii. All right. Are we... We have anything else to say about this? It's getting pretty late here. We do did this, chopped this up in two sections. But, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good movie. Yeah, it was good. I mean, here's the thing. If you... If you're into J-horror, you'll probably enjoy it. If you're not into J-horror and you haven't seen any J-horror, you'll probably enjoy it. But Yeah, um, there's a, there's a lot to enjoy. Um but yeah, if you're if you're somebody like we try we were talking about how we watched When a Stranger Calls and um we we're going to do the Calls Billogy, but we only got one done, but that's because our friends didn't want to watch a movie with subtitles. Because well, also, it's like they're they, every time we watch the movie or whatever, they just everybody falls asleep. <laughs> so it's like they would have extra hard fall asleep if they had to read Japanese. 
I almost fell asleep last night because in I some scenes, listen, but it wasn't actually a fight. I was actually just too scared to watch the screen, <laughs> so I closed my eyes. But I leave them cracked just a little bit. I told you the the dead lady freaked me out. There's some really freaky scenes in this. If I'm if I'm shutting my eyes, that means there's at least some pretty spooky shit. Yeah, I saw you covering your eyes, which my my instinct is always to just rip them away from your eyes whenever we watch a movie. I get, I can't, I can't handle the imagery, scary imagery. It gives me nightmares. It stresses me out. I go to the bathroom. I see the scary lady in the window. I'm very easily affected. I'm <laughs> sensitive. You are. And, but you have to be able to watch the movie if we're going to discuss it. So I can discuss like, it. Listen, listen, listen. You get a little peep. Well, now I know why you don't remember half the shit happened at the movie because you was covering your ass. For no, that it half. wasn't like half of the movie. I it was know. just during the playing. scary parts. <laughs> but yeah, when I see you covering your eyes, I always, it always makes listen, me smile. Listen. And just, it's funny. <laughs> She's scared. Um. So yeah, what's... um. What's Any next last on words? the docket? Um, I don't know. I thought we talked about the last words. Yeah. It's a good movie. Go watch it. Don't watch it. If you haven't seen Audition. Oh, shit. If you haven't. Yeah, actually, that's my that movie out. recommendation. Put this one on the back burner. Dip your toe into the pool of Takashi Miike mm. with 1999's Audition. And if you want to do your homework uh, on the other movies, because like th- this movie... It's late in the game of these movies. Like, it is. I mean, what I think, Ringu was nineteen ninety eight. Juon two thousand three. Oh, actually, it wasn't that late in the game. Was Juon two thousand two? I think. I think it was two thousand two. Two thousand two. You're right. Yeah. So, so check a, check those out too check if, you, them out. if you want. J uh, horror. It's fun. I mean, there's some really creepy shit. It's a much more sub. It can be subdued until it's not. And no, yeah, yeah no. it's subdued basically until it's not. And then when it's not, you want it to you go want. back to being subdued. Yeah, when it's not, it's like the shit you see in your nightmares, essentially. Yeah. You pay with your boredom, <laughs> but you're rewarded with the terror. The terror, yeah. Uh, so my top two recommendations, Audition and Noroi. The curse. Yeah. Those are my J horror. If we were talking about that, South I Korea, I have other. Is really horror. It's, Ho- it's horror. It's horror. <laughs> but it's not like a class. It's not the. There's only one extended thirty minute long <laughs> horror fest. But uh, most of the movies. Anyway. Um, I spoil any other movies. Yeah, my God. Let's shut it down. Yeah, let's shut it down and make sure you screen those calls. Yeah, screen your calls for sure. Um, you might get one miscalled. If you get one miscalled, just don't look at it, but then you'll just see a picture. Yeah. And then if you well, still... you can just you can never pick up a cell phone again. That's that's a question. If they hadn't if they hadn't listened to the the um if they hadn't listened to the voicemail if they hadn't seen the picture if they hadn't even heard the little ding 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 would they have it has to get on their lived. phone it has would to they call their lived? phone if it calls their phone it's done because you, think you, you don't have pick to up listen some, but we saw you could pick up somebody else's phone and it could still ring mm, a phone they were holding yeah so holding you could it. if you just like took away all the phones yeah i mean in this safe. day and age it's impossible you'd be safe moody moody this moody this 
でも絶対絶対無理<笑> But the、um, the yeah so you have to be holding a phone if you didn't have a phone you couldn't get one that's called But the real question is、um, does it That just doesn't happen. So I don't think you really have to worry about it. Even if Satan was a ghost, <laughs> it just doesn't it just happen. It just doesn't happen. So I think you're yeah, fine, people. You're fine. It just you, doesn't happen. You can still screen your calls. There's a lot of scams. Yeah. They're trying to reach you about your car's insurance. But when the ghost comes for you, just tell her it just doesn't happen. Yeah, tell her it doesn't happen. How could she argue? Be like, even if you're Satan, it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if there is a ghost? Power higher than Satan that could maybe can do it. Higher than Satan? Who's high? I mean,、God. I'm not trying to get Is God a ghost? Is Satan? <laughs> I don't know. According to the、ghost. TV you man the, time, you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I mean,、oh, one part at least、oh、of his three. Jesus so, is dead, so that's another ghost for sure. Oh my God. We got at least two ghosts. The father, up the, in there. Ghost? They, I guess so. That, two out of three ghosts. That's a so ghost. So could the Holy Ghost do it? Um. Make time go backwards. Yeah. But I mean, he doesn't even need to make, he just needs to change the time on a cell phone, surely. Satan could do this. <laughs> I think Satan. The Satan could handle this. Wow, even Satan. All you'd have to do is go in the settings of the phone and change the time backwards. It wouldn't be that hard. Yeah, but does it actually, yeah, I guess that makes sense. That would make more sense to see the phone going backwards than to see the, the, the death it's clock. It's a trick of the. He didn't know how to portray that the time was going backwards on the phone, so he did it that way. It's a trick it, to make it visual, but. Give us the countdown. He could have done it more creatively. I agree. Well, maybe because he. It was had, confusing. Maybe because he already did a countdown on the phone earlier in the film.、Mm. So he didn't want to reuse that. He was like, I'll use a desk clock. That desk clock was so heavily featured. It should have got its own credit. It was very heavily featured. <laughs> and that's. Why he kept featuring it because he knew he was going to look at it later. But there was a better way to do that. I don't、yeah. know exactly what it is. I agree.、But. We agree. We're in agreement.、Um, that's it. Yep. Bye. Peace. This is going to be a weird episode.